Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Born in trouble. In and out the frame, out the flame, make hey, 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 what's going on, y'all? Welcome to the 45th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X, and we're here on a strange Wednesday night instead of our normal th- Thursday night to accommodate Mr. Robert Brooks, who's out there traveling on the road, making money in Quan for the family. Make that money, boy. But he is still taking the time. Believe it, Holmes. But he is still taking the time. I have no time. idea what you're talking about, but like, uh, I'm glad you guys are admiring, you know, James Madison. You know, all the, the, the lovely shrine of James Madison on the wall here at the Madison. Yes, James Madison. If you were doing if we were doing the uh, video right now, you would see James Madison dead set in the middle, a big portrait of him in the middle of Robert's bed of his hotel room. Which I can only imagine would be fucking creepy as hell. It makes you wonder. Definitely going to make me Randy later. Hey, I, to each his own, bro, because, like, I'm just wondering here. It's like, what type of fucking threesome cuck fuckery is this guy doing up on your wall? Because it's like, it, it's just weird, man. It's just weird. I can just imagine saying we're going to the James Madison Hotel because I love when I'm on top of my man and James Madison is staring me dead in the fucking eye. Those are yeah, not, everybody's got their thing, man. Those are not, <laughs> you, know, and you can also you can also read the the preamble of the Constitution. We the, that is the preamble. Yeah, we the people. Holy shit! I've never in order to form a more perfect union. I've never seen more portraits above a bedpost in a hotel in my entire life. I, I think it like is that discouraging to like extracurricular activities while you're in that hotel? Because if you put your, you don't really want to put your hands up on the back of that wall because you're going to be knocking pictures down and that's going to come out off your credit card. And you know them shits is like, you know, probably pricey as hell. I'm just saying. They take that credit card for a reason. It seems like yes, a they do. It seems like a they're actually going to get the uh, get my neighbors for two fifty because they're in their vaping their ass off. They're in their vaping so two fifty if you smoke in the in the room. They're in their vaping their ass off. Some cheap sweet BS like that garbage weed. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you can vape. Is it legal yeah, in it's, Virginia? It's trash. Is it legal in Virginia? Uh, you know, I don't know. You're not sure? I don't know. I didn't. I'm, I'm traveling with a college basketball team, so I don't really, you know, I just sort of stay away from all that. Yeah. Do you think James Madison would While I'm traveling with the team. Do you think James Madison would approve? Oh, he would definitely he would he would definitely approve. If you if you look right now, I think he's winking at you. He's winking at me right now. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I think he I think he likes I think, you know, the way you were describing the action that you would bring to the room, I'm thinking he's wishing you were here. I don't know. I'm thinking he's thinking I'm a, I, I I don't know. I think he's thinking I'm a runaway slave and I'm going to get you, boy. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, boy. I'm going to get you. I, it's like I, more than one way. I I can't I, I can't get past this. It's like the the psychology of that picture and whoever made that room. It's like I just want to ask them why. Why would you put that up like over your bed? You're being looked over by James Madison. Is that supposed to be comforting or something? Or like what is it, Grant? There's only so much wall space in the hotel room. I would imagine. Yeah, but you know, well, you know, he is one of the he's one of the founding fathers of our country. So I mean, I, you know, maybe it's supposed to be very paternal. Is it necessary? <laughs> My question is: It necessary right. to have that many? Gene, Gene, is it necessary to have that many pictures up in a in a hotel room at all? You know, and especially, I mean, look, that's a nice cluster there. That's like a nice. Some people, some, some people, would, some people would call that art. The whole ensemble, mm. you know. Mm. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm giving you a round of applause for your discerning eye, for your discernment. So you know? this week, so. Coming, this week coming also from the east side, by way of California, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Hey, hey! Glad to be here. A little tired, a little drug, been a hard day's work. I've been purling up and blowing trees all day because I just got a hold of some new stuff and I had to go ahead and blow it and test everything out and try to, so. Lots of good growers. One of those days. It's a happy day. Lots of good growers in there. I I thought you were just kind of calm because you were as disturbed as I am by the triangular form or rectangular form of pictures above Rob's bed right now, but. Yeah, thank you for explaining that, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. Ed. You might want you might want to seek out therapy for what them pictures did to you at the beginning of this goddamn show. Man. I'm, just, I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here marveling at his obsession over Rob. Pitt. Yeah, I mean, something bad happened in a setting similar to that. Huh? Did somebody touch you in your no no spot? Listen, man, my, my my interest in this is strictly for the amenities that they collect at the hotel on your credit card or your debit card. And I can just see myself, like, losing money in a room that's set up that way. It's like, isn't the whole point of, like, strange? Like, it's, it's just disturbing yeah, to me. That's, that's not your feng shui. I feel, I, I, yeah, I feel, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm clear on that. I feel like they're robbing me of the experience of like getting a hotel, a quality hotel. I really feel that way. So, um, you know, but wait, before I even get more well, into this. you know, when you're, here's the thing, though. When you're in Harrisonburg, Virginia, when you're in Harrisonburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, the word quality is very subjective. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. That explains a lot. That explains a lot. You're going to help me, once again, Rob, you're going to help me get over some of my trauma right now because that explanation is, it, it's kind uh-huh. of fulfilling to me. So we're going to go on, move on to our third guest. Last but not least, always. Well, I just want to say that, you know, most days I think I have a cool job, but, you know, my man Gene, I want his job today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hiring, you know, you got to be available to be a tester. Face tester. You can't do that online. Yeah. That's not, that's not an a, online job. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not an online job. I would work, I would I wouldn't mind having a job with Grant and everything. If I could taste the chicken wings at the beginning of each shift. The owner of City Wings. Oh, I thought you were talking about fighting fires. I was about to say, Dad, you want to work work. Oh no, I don't want to fight fires. I'm not interested in fighting fires. No. Yeah, me either. The only, the only fire I need. I mean, look. Where are you at, Rob? That's my fair share, That's my fair share. Rob, where are you at right now? Harrisonburg, Virginia. I would I would apply for the Harrisonburg. I would apply for the firefighters position in Harrisonburg, and then I would set a match to that motherfucker and stop everybody from showing up. Because there's no possible way that those pictures should be aligned that way. That's the only way I would be a fighter, fighter. fighter yeah, you, you got you gonna be yeah you gonna be editing early in this show. I see. No, no. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing illegal. There's nothing. I, I, we all know that I, I can't become a firefighter at this age in Virginia unless like I don't know. But then again, from the way you make that town described, it could be you. And from the way that room looks, it looks like it's you, the twenty or some odd people that you showed up with. And five more people in the town, because that's got to be a like personal decision. That's not a corporate decision, right there, bro. That's not a corporate decision. Oh, yeah, a- yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think it's, I think, I think it's affiliated with the school's uh, school of hospitality and tourism. So it's probably, you know, man, they, they sell in America, bro. That's, I mean, you know. That's, and those are the sales tools for America. Everything on that goddamn wall, you know. You said you said that's James Madison. I believe is so, that who yeah. y'all playing? Yeah, who y'all about to play? Yes. Oh, okay. We yeah, it makes sense. So, so it's all a setup. We should. It's all a setup. This is this this place is called the Madison. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. Of course. Oh, damn. But it's not. You no, know, it's oh, no, so they probably got James. They got James Madison. You know, I'm talking about. It's gonna be honest. The only thing they need is, is there a picture of some oats up there. <laughs> you know, some oats. And right. probably, <laughs> maybe some buckle shoes. You know, advertising some buckle shoes. If, if, it, <laughs> if it was, in, if it was in Pennsylvania, it would be. <laughs> buckle shoes. <laughs> with the hat, the hat with the buckle. You know, with the big square buckle on it. You know what I'm saying? Shit, it was fly. Now I'm gonna. Yeah. Now I'm gonna know. I, I bet you they probably have them for sale on in in the lobby in the gift shop there, Rob. So you should try to at least they got at least. Nah, everything's hat. purple and gold in the lobby gift shop. They, everything's purple and gold in the lobby gift shop. They, there's a purple and gold. At Remind least, me to never say <laughs> Not there, B. Not there, you know. But that's the <laughs> finest. If that's the finest hotel in town, I guess. Like you know, that's like that's Americana right hey, there. Hey, you want to hear something? Though, hey. What's that? 
You want to hear something? So when I was when I was twenty or nineteen, I was over in Germany, uh, and we went to Austria to go skiing. And the hotel we stayed in, that was an old Hitler spot. <laughs> you know oh wow! You know that was, a, that was the hotel we stayed in. Understood. Understood it at the time and everything else didn't mean as much. It wasn't as significant then as it is to me now. But <laughs> yo, we was we was in there getting it. And they they had tourists running through there worldwide, bro. Really? With the third so, right. Paraphernalia you know, and everything. Yeah, so that's similar. Paraphernalia and everything. Uh huh. Paraphernalia and everything, the whole nine yards. Mean? Like the flags and the Nazi paraphernalia. Like paraphernalia, like you know. Oh no, 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 okay. no that'd be no. no they, they, I, they don't get down like that. See, uh, no, I don't think you know. There's any tourist spots with the Nazi symbol, and it's all good. I went to Dachau, the concentration camp. Mm, what was that like? That was pretty eye opening. That was pretty eye opening. That was pretty crazy. You know, we was wild though, man. I'm gonna tell you something. You don't want to get a bunch of young. Brother, young black people, Americans, and and, and and especially if they've been drinking in, in, in that kind of atmosphere, it's not going to be respected. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to be respected. You guys are like Justin Bieber. You know, Yo, Frank would be a believer. Just running around. Yo, so you know, you know how, you know how every crew has one dude that you know all he has to do is say a little something, and it's going to be funny, right? We had said dude from D.C. Some dude. Uh, that was from that area. And man, I'm talking about, there was people, literally, they showed pictures of people who were frozen on barbed wire and stuff, right? And even some of them that, that were looked like they were in such pain and reaching out and stuff. And there was a picture of an old guy and he was looking real crazy and had his hands up. And we was all looking at that picture and this nigga whispered, can somebody get that man some gloves? Can't you see what that damn picture is saying? And yo, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something. The whole rest of that damn whole experience, we was looking bad at some Americans. I mean, we looking bad because there was some old people crying up in that place. You know what I'm saying? Looking at the picture, we looking bad at some Americans. I couldn't get it out of my head. No one, I couldn't even shake it. I had to literally like, yo, I gotta walk through and get out of here before, you know, I stop some shit, man. Mm. But yeah, man, I saw all that dock out, you know, but you know, you yeah, know, it was quite the experience. There's two different ways you can take that. Somebody can say that's really disrespectful. People deal with, with adversity and with heinous like death and crazy stuff like seeing a place like Dachau, which is a gas chamber and concentration camp they deal with it differently so what he did was he made a joke out of it he tried to make it funny so well i'm gonna know i'm gonna just tell you this first of all we were all completely ignorant Mm. brainwashed american soldiers period and we when we and we conducted ourselves as as idiots because at, at that time in my life i was i didn't I knew that history, but I really didn't. Look, man, I, I don't know if it's because of what I've experienced in America where I thought, okay, yeah, you know, hard times come here, there, and everywhere else, and okay, those people just, some people caught a bad one, but, you know, over here, we've been watching Roots from a young age. We knew right. uh, other people was catching bad ones, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's like, 
I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, I was just, I was very cynical all the way up to almost 30, like to, to my detriment in many ways. And so I don't know if it's a combination of all that, but, but it wasn't appropriate, but that was a real experience that, I mean, you know, uh, that I had with other soldiers. I remember, you know, taking pictures on the bunk beds that they had stacked up in a room and they had pictures all over the place, you know, and they had the firing wall where people got lined up and got dropped and everything else, you know. But as I sit down back now, I don't regret any of the goofballing I did. That yo, that was the American way. Motherfuckers was goofballs. I mean, we. I mean, you know, I'm talking about me and every other dumbass soldier over there. And, <laughs> and we're talking. We're talking early nineties. There were a lot of and a lot of people. And plus, you know. A lot of people don't understand that. No, like, it was nineties. Yeah, nineties. You know, my my. A lot of people don't understand that is that your group, that group, was one of many that was really representing what America was at that point in time. And you look at it from now, you understand exactly what happened back then. It was just like you was just being Americans. You saw other soldiers act that same way. The difference is that you're actually telling the story. You're actually relating the, the experience. And now other people might possibly hear the experience. And that's my that's the point I'm going to get to next. Like Other people might hear that experience. It sounds to me like you said that now you, you know better and everything. Would you do different? You know, and but... And realistically, would you do different? Oh, yeah, well... Because, because yeah, like, no, well, but really... I would but, treat it like a, but an education it, now. But, you yeah, know, like, now you would. Now you would. Yeah, but at that yeah, time... But yeah. what I'm saying is, though, if you could go back in time, because yeah. that's what everybody was doing, you probably still behaved the same way. You probably oh, still... Oh, yeah, well, if, if, not in that, if not in that incident and, and a dozen others... You know, uh, but but shit. I mean, you know, that it, it is what it is. That's what it was back then. You know, I don't, I don't, I just, I accept what was. I don't have words like regrets and this and that and everything else. Of course, if I knew what I knew now, I would do a whole lot of things differently. But yo, you know, I, that was my Dachau experience. But I was there. I was over in Germany when the wall came down. Mm. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, I saw, I I didn't know, but all I was thinking was, so what? Motherfuckers is getting pieces of the wall and stuff, and I was like, ah, I can't be carrying no goddamn concrete around with me hoping to get value and shit, you know? Right. I mean, it just, was it? (laughs) But but even even beyond the youthful exuberance and the assholery of of what what you were doing, I think a lot of it is just that that's not your story. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. You know what I mean? So, so you don't you don't have that same relationship to the story. So, like in Detroit, uh, Charles H. Wright Museum, which is I think is the largest African American museum in the country, but they have a permanent exhibit that's the hull of a slave ship, right? And if you go in there, you feel yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a, as a as a, as a black man, you go in there and you feel that shit. When you start, when yeah. you start seeing where those bodies were, you know, stacked up one on top of each other, in in the hulls of those slave ships, laying down, couldn't move, you know, pissing on each other, shitting on each other, all that type of shit. When you when you see that shit, 
Like you really like how you said people were crying. Right. You know, and yeah. That's that's what that experience is because that's that's your experience. But if right. you I mean, if I'm watching, you know, what I mean, like the Jewish Holocaust, that shit don't it don't mean as much to me. You know what right. I'm saying? I, I don't I don't think that's just the I don't think that's just you and you acting right. like an asshole. I think that's just you know, it's, that's it's why all from these folks are running around in. now, acting like you know slavery yeah. wasn't that big a deal and Jim Crow wasn't that big a deal because it wasn't their story. It wasn't their experience. Right. It wasn't their relatives. Yeah. yeah, and that's that, that's real. I mean, that's you know that that that's real. It, it, I have a, uh, uh, I mean, shit. I ain't gonna front, man. I was a kid crying in roots. I mean, oh, it was it was hurting to me. You know, I, I was drawn to watching it. But at the same time, I was crying, you know, uh, fr- from uh, a different parts of the story, you know, understanding that this is history. Yeah. And this is what critical. You know, because I, I was in Compton, so it was well known that this is history. This is like Alex versions, uh, Alex Haley's version of real history. And that was, and like, so you know, and, it, and the crazy thing is that was like that was dramatic. It was drawn out. It was produced. It was made and presented to us in the way of a television show in that manner. So nothing that they teach in history in the classroom is going to be in that manner. And these people are, they have a problem with it. They say that it's critical race theory and, you know, they're labeling it. And they showed this week where critical race theory is because no one can actually define it. So what they're doing is they're using it and they're applying it to all history. There was a teacher um, or a professor somewhere that was supposed to speak before a school board, and he had a presentation, and the presentation was going to be something about the slave trade in 1860 or something that was like um, relevant to that area, and the school district actually canceled them before it actually happened. And what they used was critical race theory. I forget exactly where it was, maybe, you know... Well, Rob is back, so maybe Rob would probably find it, but you know he probably wouldn't because he's too <laughs> that busy. Sounds like some Florida he's, junk. He's too or busy. Some North Carolina junk. Yeah, he's yeah. I think it was North Carolina, and you know I would thought Rob was too busy looking into the eyes of James Madison, but um, you know, um, what <laughs> I guess that <laughs> the joke he didn't get that anyway. So um, but um. The, the, the obsession. Is, the obsession. I, I, I can't. Give me a Calvin Klein I still, ad soon. Listen, I still see that motherfucker. John, his eyes darting away. I see. James the, Madison. I see the oval picture in the corner. It's fucking creepy as fuck, B. I would have to have another room. It, I don't care if it was like a smaller room, but I'd have to have another room. I couldn't have that man looking at me like that. I, I think there's a very good chance that the other room is going to have a picture of James right. Madison in it. You, you, you think it's all some Scooby Doo? Like somebody, the eyes go, the eyes go pop out. Somebody could be watching you and shit. I don't know. I don't know, B. I'm kind of worried. But but the thing, but the point being is that, and I'd have gotten away with it. Right. Was a few meddling kids in that damn dog. <laughs> But the point being, like you, you guys, you, but you guys, you guys brought me to a, to a different position. Though I'm trying not to laugh, but you brought me to a different position about what's important to you is not as important to anyone else. And the internet really has a really has a measure and a standard that'll never be able to be kept because what you feel is not going to be is not going to relate to someone halfway across the world. It's not going to relate to a guy in India 
who is worried about however they live in India, which, which is extreme poverty. I couldn't even ex- begin to bring to dis- express what that is because I've never been there. But the standard of living is... Yo, it take, it, take Brian, it take Brian Nichols to give you that description. Right. Of what it was like. <laughs> well, we might, yeah. we might is, have is that, to... Is that, is that Brian's favorite flavor? No, he was just over there uh, getting a, a business going at one time where he had to go over there, you know, ever so often or whatnot, and he would describe the experience. Okay. Bad experience? You know, experience. And, you know maybe Oh, no, no, bad. I'm talking about, like, shit rivers. That's the part of the story right. I'll never forget when he told me about rivers of shit. Uh, because, you know, because they don't have no... Uh, no Large-scale plumbing system in some of them places that he was he was going to he was going into the wood sticks trying to find the good weave. <laughs> he's trying yeah. to find that virgin hair, you know, seeing a hair from virgins. <laughs> yeah. You know? Shit, but but yeah, he was saying that they they you know there's a lot. Of, I mean, you don't. I mean, when you see third world, but when you see very highly populated third world, it's crazy, man. I can even, I can only imagine, you know, I, I saw third world in Honduras, but it was nothing like what he described. Right. And that's what a lot of, but, that's, but that's what a lot of people use as a, as a measuring stick when they say that people in America really don't have it that bad because you have oh, shooters in India. Right. So if they don't have it yeah. that bad, why are people so busy trying to destroy the little things, what they actually do have? I think that we need to have like more like trips around the world so people can see how other people live. Because we're talking about, we're talking about all these different things that are completely and totally negative. Grant, you sent that article this week. What was that article about that you sent in the group text? Uh, that was about the affirmative action. Uh, the Supreme Court is challenging... Uh, they're trying they're, to dare to consider a landmark challenge to Harvard and UNC affirmative action policies. Yeah, they're going to roll that. So, they're going to roll that back. Yeah, well, they they haven't said that they're going to roll it back yet, but they they're they're allowing the challenge to it. They're they're willing to listen to the case. Yeah, right. Which, which means that's a step away from rolling it back because they've got the advantage right now. They've right. got the numbers on their side, yes, they and they're going to do that. So I'm thinking about it in terms of. In terms of of equity, does this mean that we're going to see the end of things like Harvard legacies? No, those are still going to exist. That's not an exception to any type of admission rule. Um, what you are going to see is, though, are you going to see like a lot of placements when you take away race based enrollment? Are you going to see a lot of Asians, for example, Taking the place of a lot of white people in that's these schools. Who's brought, that's, who, that's who's brought it, who, who's brought the case against Harvard. It was Asian students. They, it's, it's an Asian group that's brought the case against. Yeah. So, and are they the ones that are because that, they feel that they're because of the because the they feel that they're being excluded, you know, because they have to get some X number of African Americans in, and of course they have their white constituency to protect. They're getting bumped out in, in disproportionate numbers. They feel like they're better than a lot of the African American candidates to begin with, and then is it going to work? Are we going to see a lot of these academics become East Asians, and what does that mean for other groups, for other racial groups, if they get rid of this? Because there are a lot of people that are applauding this, 
but they're not realizing the ramifications that they're not really the best. It's sort of like people saying USA, USA, when we rank 63rd in education or somewhere around there in, you know, and um, the economy is not first, it's like fourth or fifth in the world at this point, still the largest or whatever the numbers are. Are people like really looking past what we have? in order to get these short-term games. This is the difference between a country that just has one thought process, which would be of being Chinese, being Japanese, being um, Indian, being Jewish, and the American philosophy where we're still picking and choosing based upon the region, who is even, hell, we we have to make decisions as to who's even black and who isn't black. You know, and then you have white people that are white. White. Some white people are white. Some people are white trash. Some, you know, it's it just it's never ending. The divisions in this country are never ending, and it never just stops at American. So it's never going. So it, it's never going to stop at American. But are we being sure? Are they being short sighted? Not if they right have now? their way. Are they being short sighted right now? Are we possibly taking the golden goose and and turning it into shit rivers? Is my question. Just for a little advantage, or the fear that your kids can't can't actually compete in a new world. So I, I I think the question is like, why why is there why why does there have to be a a, a difference? I mean, I understand that there's going to be a difference regardless, but if you can get an education, that education. I mean, if you if you know what we know about college, I mean, enough the uh, three of us three of us went to college straight out of high school. So knowing what we know about college, I mean, Rob got an education at, at Temple. We got a t- an education at Howard. I don't think it was much difference in that education. Nope. I don't think it's much difference in the education. Uh, uh, that those, people at at, those people at, at Howard probably cared about y'all a little bit more than the people at Temple. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So I, so I don't, I don't, I don't think there's much difference in the education that you get at Harvard. Now there's certain things that happen at Harvard that puts you in certain positions based on the one percenters that go there. So I get that. But in terms of just the education, if you a black man going to Harvard, you probably not in that 1% group when they making those decisions, you probably not in that. So what really is your experience is, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, why would you, why would you even want to go there? Well, I mean, mean, this, there, in the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of conversation. My daughter goes to a very small, private liberal arts college, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know it's it's considered a fancy school, like a like a baby Ivy, um, and so you know they they were not having in person classes, and some of these parents were were upset, and the parent chat groups, you know, what are we paying for, blah blah blah, and my my response was always. Look, I hear you, but what you're ultimately paying for is the network. Like right. that that exactly. degree has a network that comes behind it, and that's what makes the Harvard degree as valuable as it is. That's what makes this degree it's gonna make this degree as valuable as it is. Like it's all about the network. Like right. there are a couple places that are teaching. Like once again, her school is uh it's got Quaker roots, so I mean they have they base uh, essentially have a student government. Twice a year they get together, the entire college gets together and votes on the rules. I mean, the kids decide whether there's whether you're allowed to drink on campus, whether they're going to be curfews, like all of that's done by consensus by the student body. Um, and so there are some places who are doing it a little bit differently and not just remember the remember this Monday through Thursday and spit it back to me on Friday. Right. Um, 
but it's a very small group of them. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, man, I, I just don't, I don't understand why, why we are always rushing to be a part of something that is apparent that we're not welcome in. You know what I mean? Like, why, why would you, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Why would you, you why would you? In in the early days, we tried to build parallel systems and they kept burning them down. Right. Um, So it looked like, you know, I'm sure at one point they, they thought that the only way, the only way ahead, you know, they won't let us get our own thing. So at some point we're going to have to figure out their system and, and try to beat them at their system. Which, right. Which is, which is pretty much never going to work. It's not going What I think that there's a path that way. On a large scale, it's not going to yeah, work. I think there's a path that way. Where, you know, individuals can and will. I think there's a path. Well, there's, there's a mentality shift that would have to happen. Yeah, I think there's a path that where it has to be an understanding of a group consensus of what the plan is. And at a certain point, what would have to happen is you really would have to mirror what's going on. And then at a certain point, you have to start to diverge and do your own thing. And you only do that after you get to a certain point in a certain level economically across the board. And that requires um, communication. It requires a cooperation. And these are, these are not and things that's, that... That's, new, I mean, that's... It's not going to happen. Well, you know, that's, this is what happens when you take people... It's not like Italians who, you know, like, look, that group, they came over here from Puglia. That group over there is from Trentino. Like, they know where they come from. They have these ties. They're sort of bound together because they have this shared history. Whereas you took people from different tribes and different regions, threw them together, you know, put them under different, put them under different stresses, um, you know. Decimated they, they had They had to then create a family out of that people who didn't aren't naturally tied to each other you know right but now we have to act like the roots go back and back and back and it just never has you know that to get that level of you know i think i told you i had a professor in college um and to her if your if your experience growing up was not urban poverty then you were not you did not have the black experience growing up you know, if you were if you grew up dirt poor, rural Mississippi, that's not the black experience. Like the black experience was this very specific thing. And, you know, you got everybody lining up behind their experience and saying this is the real deal. Like this is this is the Coke. That, that other shit is new Coke. You're right. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts. It feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And when we have that on a a massive scale in America, everybody lines up behind their experience. If you take that and you broaden it out to to the great big population that is the United States, now we see people trying to break that down in order to gain control over everyone else 
that's involved in this grand experiment. And what strikes me is that the thing that made America actually win and feared is the fact that all of those groups would come together for a certain cause or a certain belief system behind one thing. And these things are do not exist. So. Yeah, that, but that one thing they... That thing that they didn't, the thing that most people didn't understand is that one thing was hating black people. That's, that's <laughs> like that's what they all that's, that's yeah, all unified actually, behind. That's actually a part of it. That is actually a part of it because you can come anywhere and you can come anywhere and you can be successful as long as you don't bring along these people. You don't do partnerships, and it's like yeah. that's like interesting. Like you know, talking about the world of academia and talking about the world of race in America. Um, I wasn't going to go too deep in it. I'm still not going to go too deep into it. But I had an experience like that in the business that I'm building right now where um, someone basically, they they basically, they they didn't pay attention or they didn't down. They're they're not interested in. I've run into a couple of people, actually, who have like, you know, who have decided that what we were doing, it wasn't that the plan wasn't good or that the. Everything wasn't solid behind it. It was simple, simply the fact that there were too many people of color that were involved. And those aren't businesses that we, they want to support. I saw something online this week where um, a woman ordered a project, a product online and found out that the owner was a black businesswoman and asked for a refund just for the simple fact that she found that it was a black business. And she said, in asking her refund, that she just did not want to support her or her community or anything involved in her community. And that one was, like, left up in the air. So this is a very real thing that we're experiencing where there is no American thought process. And they're trying to, and everyone is breaking off into their own thing. They still want their commerce. They still want your money. They still want you to spend this way. But... They're going to let you know that they're not going to spend it. They're not going to reciprocate in any way, shape or form. And it's that hatred of the dollar. Everyone talks about spending and buying black and things of that nature. But what they do is they don't buy from people that they don't like. So how about we start doing the same thing and don't buy from people who don't support you and who don't like you? That's really a better place to start. It gives you a broader place for to a broader market without having to actually go about things in a racist way. And I know that's the way I am. If I find out that someone is someone is racist, I basically don't fuck with their business anymore. I might not make a big stink about it. I might not say who they are, but you're not going to get any more of my dollars. And if anyone ever asks me why I don't, I say why. You know, and it's very, you're really not going to come back from that with me. Go ahead. But here, here, here's the thing about that. So, like, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Killer Mike had the show on, I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. And he had an episode, he had an episode of the show where he went 24 hours and didn't buy anything that was not sold and manufactured by black hands. From its inception to the time it got to the counter for him to buy it, it had to be all black. That brother saved a lot of money. Right. And and that's the point. Like there's all like we don't we don't manufacture anything. Our community doesn't have the infrastructure to be able to support that kind of mentality. Like so so if you don't buy if you don't buy let's let's just say for example you don't buy Nike, right? I mean that's cool. 
but what are you going to buy? You know what I mean? You, you're going to put something on your feet. So are you you're going to buy uh, Skechers? You're going to buy Adidas? You're going to buy uh, whatever fucking shoe brand, right? But that shoe brand, its basis more than likely is white people. Well, that's you it. Know what I mean, so I mean, there well, is there are a couple of black there are a couple of black owned shoe brands that I know, um, well, but it's me, difficult. That's that's let, really all I'm saying. Let me just add this to that. It doesn't if you're America doesn't manufacture products. You saw the True. same thing with a True. bunch of white people when they started to say buy American. You know, I'm only going to buy American. And then they would point out that a lot of the hats that were that said buy American were actually manufactured in China. This is like this right. is Why like did a, they make America great. Right. So it's like and, you know, you if you look at it in terms of like real realistically based upon what you just said, black people don't manufacture anything. And if white people can't manufacture the shit, you know, it's fucking hard as hell for black people to manufacture it. And like one of the things like we right. talked about, we talked about uh, Sean King King's label, and his shirts are very the shirts are very expensive for the brand, and he breaks it down. He's like, listen, if you're buying a designer brand, you're spending the same amount of money, but the difference being is that this was actually manufactured. It was grown by black hands, manufactured by black hands, sent mm-hmm. out by black hands and black people, and it supports black people, and it's expensive because of what happens. And any brand that you're going to make in the United States, unless you actually own a own a cotton farm and happen to own a mill in the back of that and everything where you can mill the cotton and a bunch of like sewing machines and everything, then your problem is still like cheap labor or getting any labor whatsoever. And that's before you even sell it to people out there in the world. So. We're up here and we're fighting these things. We're fighting for these things, these these um, milestones that may not actually be milestones at this point. You know, I, it may be time to even shift agendas, perhaps, to look towards, like, other ways of actually making commerce that you can connect with people and make it actually work. You know, I'm not into fighting. I'm not into fighting battles that have already been lost, is my point of view. You know, there are certain things you can manufacture. And that's one of the things, one of the things why that I love about the cannabis business and the hemp business because it's one of the very few places where hell hemp grows everywhere. You can get you some seeds, you can grow hemp, and you can actually manufacture a number of different items with it. Anything. It's one of the very few places that actually has the potential for growth across the board for not just medicinals and things that you can take in, but also for wearables, for things like hempcrete, and like, which is, you know, but there are ways that you can actually utilize that. And these are businesses that could be businesses of the future that could actually put people and put this country back on top and get rid of some of the corporate reliance and some of the individuals. But it has to be moved on. It can't be moved upon racially. In order for it to succeed first, you know, it's not going to because it just it just doesn't work. The numbers don't work. If you got 10 percent, what are we, 12 percent of the population? You get 12 percent of the population to go strictly, hypothetically, strictly into hemp based products 
hemp based, like, you know, building hemp homes, buying hemp, hemp products, things of that nature, um, you know, getting solar patterns and going like 100%, you know, clean with the earth and everything. Is that enough of a swath for that to make a difference in the black community to uplift the black community? What do you think? Not if we're still bad. Twelve percent of the twelve percent. What percent of the twelve percent? Well, you know, I'm I'm going to say hypothetically, if you got all twelve percent of the black community, and the reason why I'll say that is because, like, within that twelve percent of the black community, you're probably only going to get about. Let's say hypothetically, <laughs> well, I won't say the actual number, but let's just say hypothetically you get like 7% of the black community to focus on hemp-based products, hempcrete, building things differently, doing things like earthwise. The other 5% are made up of other groups and allies. Now it becomes... Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now that's a possibility. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know, you know, I think nothing will change until someone, some group, someone, some, somebody comes forward with like a think tank or something that has a plan. Somebody come forward with, with a plan that's digest, that, 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 you know, a broad uh, spectrum of people can digest and take action towards, uh, you know, that combined with probably quite a few more horrific events, such as George Floyd and so on and so forth, uh, may move the needle. But it's going to take like a comprehensive, actionable plan. And, you know, that's why we said before, hats off to, to organizations that have attempted that. And there's plenty of them. There's still one surviving, but they're a religious organization, so I don't know how that's going to go. But, you know, it's a plan, and no one's, no one really wants to come up with a plan that's broad enough to move the leader, broad enough to attract, you know, you know all types of uh, people, let's just say people who are affected. The only people that are out you there... You know, black Americans. The only people that are you out know, there drawing up plans are libertarians and libertarians whole point of view is not really about it's not really about um changing things and overthrowing the government what it is is actually it's really more about controlling the means of production it's just really taking one it's really taking one group of despots and replacing it with another group of despots who this time are probably even worse because they want to rule by the gun on a lo- on a more local level, so somewhere in between those libertarians and democracy, perhaps there are, re- lies another solution. But the way I look at it is that most of us in this country and in this world are really trapped. No matter any way you slice it, you're really trapped because you don't. We don't own. We don't have the politicians. The politicians are all bought and sold. Um, you don't own the corporations or the local companies because the local companies are corporations, so they're not even based in your town. You're going to get an answer. You're not going to get an answer from them. And anytime you try to do anything grassroots, the corporations are going to come in and the larger companies and those interests are going to come in and they're going to buy whatever space you're trying to carve out for that. 
So it's never really going to happen. And then you think about it in terms of colleges. Like, Rob, you said that what you do is you're buying, you're not buying the, you're not buying the education, you're buying the network. Well, what does the network look like in 10, 15 years when we're in an online society and we're meeting up less and nobody is actually, and very few people are actually going and intermingling with each other? So does that then change the nature of the networks? Does that change, like, you know, the value of the academic? No, it's still good because, you know, when that, you know, whenever that, it, it won't be a piece of paper that comes across your desk. When that, when, when that file comes up, that name will still be on there and those connections are still, you know, people are still going to send, whether it's a, a text or an email to say, hey, you know, my, my nephew is coming through. My nephew got an interview. Can you, you know, put in a good word for him, blah, blah, blah. Like all that stuff still will still apply even in the online world. Like one of the things that, people are finding in the online world is that it's so much easier to apply for jobs. So they're getting so many more applications that it actually is making the percentage chance that you can get that job smaller. But is it's just it, because it's so easy now to apply from anywhere. Another thought that just crossed my mind is this, this the beginning to a post-racial society because now um, you can... No, that was Obama's inauguration wasn't it that was yeah that was but now we're going to talk about the actual (laughs) we're going to talk about part two yeah possibility or practicality of it because now when you're more of a um of an email address and an identity that's really created all on your computer can't that computer and that can't that computer create a completely and totally different personality and then we go back to the 90s and we'll bring it back to a reference of catfishing is it going to be possible for people to catfish their entire lives? Hey, you mean in Get Over? Yeah. You mean like Rachel Dolezal, whatever? Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Dolezal, I, I, not, shit. Probably not for your entire life, but I'm sure you could do it for a little while. You will be able to do it. What about in the future, though? Can you do it even better? Is it possible you could do it like, you know, for... You can do it in the metaverse. You can do you it, do it in, right. in the metaverse. Exactly. There you go, Gene. Right. So this is why they did y'all, made a- did y'all see uh did y'all see Parish Parish bought a uh bought a crib in the metaverse? No. Nope. Spent like eighty eighty uh eighty Ethereum on it or something. Okay. Parish Smith. And he bought yeah. he, so what what exactly yeah, when you buy when you buy a place in the metaverse, what exactly does one get? Uh that is a great question, my guy. I wish I knew the answer. Hmm. Yeah, I wish I knew the answer. But I wonder how much someone's going to pay. I wonder how what, much someone's going to pay for Ethereum? the train next to Paris. Yeah, how much is eighty Ethereum? What is that equal to? It was uh, it's about one hundred sixty, hundred eighty grand. I think. I think. Uh, well, the day that I, I when I looked, I looked it up the day that I saw it, and they were at like twenty three seventy, something like that. They're selling matrix. They're selling matrix constructs. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. What kind of what kind of construct do you want? It's crazy. I mean, but every everything is everything is going digital, bro. When the grid goes down, what happens then? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're you're literal you're literally or, looking or somebody at gets world, hold of your right? wallet. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're literally looking at that world where science fiction is Science fiction is actually going to be prevalent. It's going to be the thing. 
in the future. Yeah. This so we're becoming we're we're starting to mimic that show Black Mirror. I don't know if y'all ever saw Black Mirror, but they they had a lot of episodes like uh there was one with this chick like she ended up losing her apartment, losing her job and all types of shit cuz she she was getting uh like she wasn't getting enough likes and shit. There was one episode where Oh yeah, I saw that. The white lady? Yeah. yeah. My daughter had me watching that shit. Yeah, black it was it was a really good show, but they had they had all these uh all these experiences that these people had were based on kind of online interactions or whatever. Like they they had these two these these two dudes that was like in the army or something together and they used to meet each other online and play this play this video game in this one episode. And it uh, it went sideways in terms of uh, they decided that they were going to have a, a physical relationship with each other, these two dudes. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's all based on like they got together based on the metaverse. Like in the metaverse, they was fucking each other. But his character, the one dude's character was a was a dude and the other character's character, the other dude's character was a chick in the game that they were playing. Mm. So they fucking each other in the game. Mm. But then they decided, you know what? We're going to fuck each other in real life. Right? Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this, this is, this is what we're coming to, bro. This is, is where we're going. So when that happens in the real, in the real world and someone ends up dead, who is going to be to blame? Is it going to be the metaverse's fault? Is it the person for lying about what their actual gender is? Or is it the psychopath who basically goes out and kills the person? But can you call him a psychopath? Because, like, love is temporary insanity. So if you're in love with someone and and you find out that that person is actually, like, you know, swinging lower than you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) If, if, If you fall in love with my avatar... Then you got bigger issues than than what my gender is. I mean, listen, <laughs> falling in love with some imaginary shit, my guy. This happens. This happens every day with the internet. People get to know each other on the internet. They change their whole lives. They move to different areas. They get married, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, this motherfucker's really here. You know, True. it's not as cool. At least maybe avatar relationships might stand a chance. Because you won't actually have to see that person every day. Yeah, but then, but then, just let it be that. Don't decide that you're gonna. You know what? Well, we we such good at we such a good couple as avatars. Let's get together and really be a couple. Nah. Well, nah. you know the the, <laughs> the, tell you the, the friction between two grinding metaverse bodies in the metaverse just isn't quite the same as <laughs> you know little sheet underneath some sheets, but underneath your knees and right. you know. Little hand under your booty. And James Madison right. looking into your eyes as it's all going there. I get it. I get it. Hey, bro. hopefully he will reach down and give me a high five. I would have to take that picture down. Uh, Gene, you were going to say something? Do you remember? Or Yeah, but I forgot. Yeah. But I, I did. I mean, it was, it was, it was, oh, I was, oh, I was saying, I was saying this. Look, you spent hours talking to somebody. And, and then eventually getting to know them and this and that, whether it's a catfish situation or not, uh, I can see how the natural progression 
is to see if it works in the physical. The feelings are real. You know, I can, I can see that. So I can see people getting, I can see people getting catfish. And I can just see most of the time, just expectations probably not being met. But uh, I don't know if you talk to somebody long enough, you either learn who they are or, you know, they got you right where they want you. <laughs> you know? There's a, that's a very important distinction because we're like some 30 years into the internet. As I remember in the 90s, we didn't all have the internet. It was like, I ain't fucking with that shit. You know, that like really, it became a necessity moving up to around 95 on. So now you're really looking at 25 years of people in whole generations. You've got 25-year-old people who grew up making their relationships and their bonds on the internet. So if a chick could, like, you know, for some of you people who don't understand and have never had these real-life relationships, it's also possible for a person to lie to your face as well. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's an important distinction for them to understand that. So, of course, they're going, to, they're going to develop these mental... They're going to develop these mental ways. They're going to be able to lie very well on the Internet. Hell, nobody even has to see you on the Internet. You know, there's no way you can read their signs on the Internet. So you, if you think you can be a hoe, if you could be a hoe in real life, you know, there were some chicks that were back in the days and even some dudes that were like super duper hoes in the gymnastics that they used to pull were like really fantastic. I give them like a pound. Now with the Internet, there's absolutely no accountability. If someone on the Internet, even if you were to have sex with someone on the Internet and you were to check up on what they're doing, you're stalking. And that's really, really stalking because the majority of your interactions with the person are online. So for you to actually, if, if you're online and you meet a person one time in your area and you go and you hook up and then you go and you follow that, you go back to that person's house like a week later, you think you're in a relationship. Oh, no, baby, I'm just at work. I got time. and You know? And we're going into the future now where there's less and less. We're saying that bars are going the way of the dinosaur. COVID has helped with that too. You know, that people don't go out and they don't interact in the same way. They don't mix and mingle in the same way. And now it's like a complete and total host show, men and women. When they do go out and they have that time, they've been pent up so long. You know, women are ready to fucking jump on broomsticks when they come into a place. And everything, and guys are, so, are also. It's like it's two people, and it's two people that are doing these things, that are having these feelings. That, that, that it, was a, that was a weird choice of imagery. That's gonna get edited. I can tell that, you that. Well, that's what they used to. That was choice some, of imagery. That's a that's a. We gonna be jumping on broomsticks. Jumping Good on broomsticks, whatever it takes, man. They they listen, and dudes are ready to scratch up against the poles and everything. They hugging up on poles. Everybody we saw as a result of COVID, hypersexuality. Hypersexuality was a thing. It still is a thing. When people and people are so resistant against the thought process of going back indoors. But the natural progression of things in society is moving you back indoors with the metaverse. So what we're seeing is like we're seeing the ripping of the fabric and the changing of our society right now into two different tiers. One is a mental tier, 
where you're actually talking to people online. And then you have the physical tier where you're actually going out and you're meeting these people and you're acting out all these things that you said online. And then you're separating again very quickly. Yo, I ain't even going to front, man. I might even be designed this way. It is. I don't know how I don't know how much interaction I I really need. You know, I mean, you know, I enjoy interaction every now and then, physical interaction with other people and stuff. But I don't know how much I need and I don't know if that's a if, if that's just me or if I'm you know, or that just seems to be the natural progression. Well, you're a married man of a you certain know? you're a married man of a certain age. So you're going to feel certain things. Certain things are a natural progression with you. I'm, you know, what I'm referring to is people even even 10 years younger than us, they're caught up in a different situation than what we were going through. Like at those times. And most people... When no, man, teenagers. Yeah, well, I'm... Teenagers I'm, would rather be, you know, in front... I mean, it goes all the way down now. Yeah, uh, are I, locked I, in. My daughter's friends, they are over this shit. Like, they just want they just want to go out and have fun with their friends. They are so over this shit. They do yeah, that. but the way they go out and have fun is is completely different. Oh, it's different than like the way we used to do it. Like frequency. It's completely different every night. You yeah, but the, the tech has made the tech has made it different. Yeah. 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 Well, you've got. So that's what I'm saying. That, that the evolution is is on to the metaverse. We've been practicing. For 15 years now. <laughs> and this is the painful you know what I'm saying? We just, we were prepared. Yeah, and this is the painful rip apart of, like, you know, of the old set and the old ways where people actually did the, went out and met with one another, and now it's moving into the metaverse in a different way. And what we're experiencing... It's painful. It's painful if you make it painful. It's painful for them. I'm not saying it's painful for me. We're all pretty much settled in on what we do. Rob's going to travel anyway, and he's going to get to meet people like the ghost of James Madison late at night, no matter what happens. So it's See, just like that. That obsession you have is why your ass needs to travel more. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I don't know about having white people on my wall, like over my head and everything. I think we've had enough of that in the world. So listen, brothers, we've actually hit an hour or we got them in your pocket and you have to believe that. that. I believe that a hundred percent alone. (laughs) Thank you, bro. People want white people on this wall. (laughs) Man, I'm talking about, I didn't stay, I didn't stay in hotels that were damn near plantations, bro. And, and, and all of their presentation. I promise you, I don't remember having a bad night's sleep. I'm sleeping like a baby, man, in some places. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So I'm going to start with, because we kind of got you cut off in the beginning from the city of Detroit, owner of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, baby. Come down and get you some. Damn. Get you some wings, Mr. Grant Lancaster. Thank you very much. That's right. What's happening, pimp? That's it. And if anyone, and before I even keep continue with this, I just want y'all to know if anyone at all was offended by any of the conversations, the racial conversations that were had during this um, particular broadcast, um, suck it up. 
because we, because everybody actually went through the same thing. We've all been through the same thing. And that's what the discussion is really about, is that everyone has their own different crux. And it's more about the understanding than it is the experience of what we're discussing, because everybody's got their own massacre and their own problems one day. You know, uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday is a song by U2 about some shit I have no fucking idea. But they were passionate enough up there to launch a rock and roll career. So, you know, Bono, you know good investment, motherfucker. Because I know what you do. I know what you do with your finances. But, hey, you you once had that passion for those people in Northern Ireland. So... There you go. It doesn't matter how you got get there as long as you're there. Just get there. From the A. Mr. Peace Gene up. Hawkins. Eight town down. Mr. Gene Hawkins. What? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Pimps up. Okay. Don't fuck around in town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Rob, I'm yeah, you can reach friend. me at seven 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 ninety three eleven. Don't get your hot pocket zips. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, I'm gonna leave you for last because I, I really appreciate you making the time. Rob, right now, is out here. He's making money, paying that tuition, and putting his ancestors at risk of wrestling with the ghost of James Madison this evening by staying in that hotel with that man's picture over the wall. And you've taken the time to actually, you're not available on Thursdays. You made it here and we appreciate you, brother, Mr. Robert Brooks. And plus, you know, you guys, you had some pretty good material early. So like, you got to be happy about that. It is always about me, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, your boy John was able to get his shots off before we got on the air. He was rolling. I'm sorry. The picture just disturbs me. It's just very disturbing. It's very disturbing. But, you know, as far as, like, you know, making, like, non-controversial shows, I don't think this one is going to make it up there on the non-controversial list. So i like to thank you guys for actually telling the truth. Ex the uh, the picture reminds me. So another school in our league is in Williamsburg, mm. um, and you know all they got in Williamsburg is mini golf courses and the colonial area. Mm-hmm. So one day I'm with my broadcast partner, and we're walking around down there, and it's just we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. And he's talking. He's a very nice man. I love him to death. But every once in a while, you know, he's he's just American. He doesn't doesn't put two and two together. So at one point he stops down and goes, you know, I sometimes it's just great. You know, you you walk around a place like this and you wonder what would have been like for me. And I just said, I'd have been tied to that post. <laughs> like this is this is a dude who can right. flat out rap. He could talk the ears off a wooden Indian. I don't think he said another word for the next hour. <laughs> <now. laughs> Mr. Yeah. Robert Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fellas. Thank you once again, man, for showing up for our therapy session, our weekly male therapy. We do exist. We exist. That's right. 
That's right. And we'll be back next Word. week. You can try to cancel me, but I don't care. I'm going to record anyway. But actually, <laughs> but actually, this uh, Tuesday coming up, I've got a very special guest coming up on Born in Trouble, my Tuesday talk. Um, it's a Miss uh, Merrilee. She of Solana. She is a relationship and specialist guru coach, and she's actually really good. And I'd like everybody to take a listen to her. It's someone I met on the Wisdom app, and um, she's got a gift and everything. So it's going to be a little bit different this Tuesday and everything. But don't worry, I'm, your boy ain't getting soft. So born in trouble. You said she's a relationship coach. She's a relationship coach. She's got a philosophy called the game. And um, I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but she's actually really popular. And the reason why I actually listen to her, because I'm like, most of those people on that app, they're kicking out these relationship and they're all self-help and guru and not all of them, but a lot of them are. And um, she was doing the show every week. And she had people lined up at the door, and she was, and so I listened to her one day. And what she's teaching is a lot of the philosophies that actually you fellas would agree with. You would actually agree with, and you would understand. And it's not just about relationships. It's about family, and it's about how you go about your life. So, you know, you should, anyone who's interested in, you know, like broadening your horizons, Miss Merrily, we will be on our Tuesday talk this upcoming Tuesday. And born in trouble. Peace. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the name your price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.